everybody to another episode of the Welcome to the J podcast hosted by me, Jahan Smaga, aka Canadian Red Bull 12, if you know me really, really well. Don't forget to like and follow the Field of 68 Media Network, and don't forget to subscribe to stay in touch with myself uh, doing the Welcome to the J podcast and all of our various hosts representing the alma maters. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, right after the Jays make the Sweet 16, we have our 16th guest on the podcast. He averaged 22 and 10 as a senior for Softball High School. He played his Juco career at Jacksonville Juco, where he was honorable All-American as a sophomore and led his team in scoring, steals, and block shots. He averaged 17.4 points and six rebounds that year. In two years with the Jays, he scored a total of 418 points. He also recorded 44 blocks and 37 steals. He is the pride of H-Town. He's always sitting sideways from the great state of Texas. Daryl Ashford, D. Ashford in the building. Welcome to the J, bro. Hey, I love the intro, man. Man, you know I have to do it to him one time. How you been living, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Blessed, man. Yeah, bro. I've been waiting to get you on this podcast. We're going to have so much fun today. Like, I'm already tearing up thinking about some of the stuff that we might have to address. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, Daryl was my senior, my freshman year. So we just, we go way back. We have so many stories. <laughs> man, <laughs> Didn't I host you on your visit? You, I'm going to get into all of it. Uh, when Justin Carter was on the podcast, we talked about it a little bit too, because the combination of you two kind of, you were my main host. He was just kind of like coming along for the ride. The combination of you two had me commit at, at a random house out west uh, during my during my visit. So we, we'll get into all that for sure. But first, obviously, we got to talk about it. The Jays finally make it to the Sweet 16 after years and years and years and years and years and years, and years of the fan base wanting that. We are finally able to push through. Uh, beating UC Santa Barbara the first game in the round of 68 and then in the round of 32 defeating the Ohio Bobcats pretty handily I know you had a chance to watch the Jays this weekend that first game against Santa Barbara yeah man a little iffy what was going through (laughs) your mind as you saw the game uh winding down I mean you you know how it is this time of year in the tournament man anything can happen so I'm just I'm just hoping that they 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 will pull it through, man. But they, they had me sweating over here, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, sweating buckets. I I had a rum and coke in my hand. I was like almost like spilling that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Y'all can't go out this early, right? Hey, but you know they 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 pulled it through, and mm-hmm. you know that that went against Ohio State. I was I was sweating that game too, but I mean they early in the game, I mean they they ended up stretching it a little bit and. They look real good that game, actually. Yeah, especially defensively. What I was pretty impressed about was they played two, you know, pretty dominant point guards who like to run the show and get their own offense going and also set up everybody else. They were able to really concentrate on those guys. They introduced, well, not introduced, but they used the Jimmer defense that Coach Mack first introduced to our group of guys. And it worked really well. You know, both centers, uh, Bishop and Cochran, were able to really hold their own on, on you know, the defensive side, uh, hedging hard, maintaining um the guard making sure that they give up the ball and then spinning back inside to you know challenge shots at the rim christian Absolutely. bishop christian bishop uh, was very impressive 
uh, I think his averages right now in the tournament are 13 points, 13 rebounds. As a big guy, when you're when you're defending, if you know you and I both play the guard spot, when you're defending and you got got a guy like G behind you who you know can not only clean up the glass but also swat shots away, how much confidence does that give you as a defender? I mean, you like like you said, we had um, we had guys like Kenny and and Greg behind us that was gonna go and get some stuff, and um, you know you can you can kind of gamble a little bit and kind of play a little bit more aggressive, not to, you know, you ain't got to worry about if I get beat, man, it's probably going to be a, you know, it's probably going to be a layup or a wide open shot. You know, you can play a little bit more aggressive. Um, and what, what's the, I can't, I can't remember these kids name. What's the guy, the big guy number 13, what's his name? Uh, Christian Bishop. I, I like him, man. He, he, yeah. He's ducking everything. I'm like, yeah, right, okay. Bouncy. Okay, fella. <laughs> I like it. The one live he caught, I was like, yo. Yeah, no, he was he was very impressive, and I, I've talked about it throughout the year too. The combination of him and Zagorowski as the, like the one-two punch coming off a ball screen. Obviously, we're known for having shooters all over the floor, uh, so it makes that combination even that much more potent, that much more dangerous. When Zagorowski is going downhill, Bishop is rolling hard, and he could just kind of high point and, and go get it wherever Zagorowski throws it. So that combination was impressive as hell, and we got to see it during those two games, but. Like you said, you, you said you were sweating during that Santa Barbara game, bro. I'm telling you, I, I was like, there's no way. There's no way we're losing this very first one. <laughs> I was like, nah, man, I, I, I had them going pretty far in my – I had we at least going to the final four in my bracket. But I'm like, come on, man, y'all. <laughs> I'll, pull, I'll pull up my We're going all right the way, you already, <laughs> you already know what it is. And that's that's an unbiased opinion too. We just going all the way. That's what it is. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Uh, Gonzaga is the next game that we have. Uh, so the Jays, a fifth seed, is going to be playing the overall number one seed, Gonzaga. They've been un undefeated all season long. They got a really good group of guys uh, led in scoring by Kispert at 19 a game, Timmy at 18.8 a game, Suggs at 14. Point one a game, Ayayi at 11.9, and they got three other guys averaging four plus points. So a very solid group of guys. They go about eight deep, which if you watch, you know, Crane play, that's about uh, the amount of players that we put on a regular basis too. So in my opinion, it's going to be kind of like a top eight of one team versus the top eight of the other. Uh, it's going to be a very tough matchup. I know that you watched at least, if not whole games of Gonzaga, but some highlights. What has impressed you about that team so far this year? Um, I really like the Suggs kid. Um, and like you said, they're, you said they're, they're about eight guys in their rotation. They're just, as a team, they're real solid, man. They don't, they, they do everything real good to me. Um, and like, I, like I said, I really like the Suggs. I think, I feel like he's going to be a, a lottery pick in the draft. He, he's really good to me. I feel like if you can, I, I can't, what's the other big guy name? I, I can't think of that. The one with the mustache. Uh, Kispert? Oh, uh, Timmy, Timmy, yeah, with the yeah. handlebars. Yeah, he dropped yeah. 30 the other day, too. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's cool, so I like him, too. But I really think the the engine is is the Suggs kid. If you can kind of control him and, 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 you know, limit him to what he can get, I, I think I think we have a good chance, man. I really do. And I'm, I'm not really... just saying that just, just because. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like this matchup, and I'll tell you why. Coach Few and Coach McDermott, two of the best offensive mind in college basketball. I think 
if you kind of round up the top five offensive-minded coaches, those two's name are definitely going to be brought up in that conversation. So for me, that's one of the, like, obviously the players on the court, but like the adjustments that the coaches are going to be doing, obviously they're going to go into the game with a game plan. They're going to have to make adjustments, I'm assuming, as the game winds on. So I would say head-to-head, as far as like coaching and offensive-minded coaches are concerned, which one would you rather have calling your players for you, Daryl Ashford? I'm gonna rock with Mac, man. Come on, I, I yeah. Like, come on, I'm gonna rock with him. <laughs> Offensive, you know, he's a mastermind, man. You know, mm-hmm. he he knows what he's doing. He's gonna. They, I'm pretty sure right now they're chopping up film, looking at stuff, seeing what they. You already know that he's gonna come ready, man. Yeah, uh, I I love trying to put you on the spot. Like I'm gonna try as the conversation goes on to see your. <laughs> loyalty to the boy so far you're two and oh so well man I'm gonna I'm, I'm rock with him all the way to the wheels fall off <laughs> another key moment uh for me at least from you know watching both teams the Jays have watched them all year long Gonzaga not so much but obviously they have some marquee matchups throughout the year and then obviously in the tournament you get to watch those games as well I think controlling the, the glass is going to be insurmountable for either team that wants to come out with a victory uh, Christian Bishop, like I mentioned earlier, is averaging 13 rebounds during uh, the stretch of two games in March Madness. Uh, but I think, you know, gang rebounding, gang boxing out and, you know, uh, doing all of that as a team is really going to bode well for the Jays. Uh, do you think the Jays will be able to limit Gonzaga's three-point shooting in this matchup? I, I think I think they will. Um, it, I mean, if they don't limit, I feel like we can shoot it we could shoot it with them just as well. My my biggest thing I feel like it'll be is rebounding because they have a little bit more size on us. Um mm-hmm. that that that's my biggest thing. Like you said, gang if we can gang rebound everybody going there and rebound them guards getting there get some rebounds. We gotta this is gonna be one of them games where you gotta you're gonna have to scrap, claw, like it's gonna mm-hmm. be one of them I mean you're in the sweet sixteen so I mean it's it's nothing they're not used to. They they made it this far so it's you know it's 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 whatever, you know. Yeah, they got they got to pull a page out of your book. You were notoriously known for stealing rebounds. Absolutely, <laughs> stealing <laughs> rebounds from Greg and Kenny. I remember Kenny got mad at you once uh, on the road. I think we were playing uh, Northwestern. Was it? Yeah, my freshman year, your senior, we were playing Northwestern on the road. It was one of our first like big time matchups, and Kenny just had to be down there battling, and you just kept coming. <laughs> you don't need that. Need that big fella. Exactly. <laughs> So I think if the Jays could, as far as their guard core is concerned, if they could pull a page out of Daryl's book from way back in the day, then, you know, we should be pretty, we should be doing pretty well on the rebounding side of the game. Uh, the last time these two met were a couple of seasons ago in Omaha. Uh, the Jays lost to Gonzaga 103 to 92, an extremely high scoring game. Basically 200 points were put on the board. If you were to guess how this game, because, you know, we've been defending really, really well, uh, obviously, these last couple of games. And then if you look back at some of the last handful of games in the Big East, uh, in Big East competition, we're defending really well, too. If you were to guess with two of the best offensive-minded coaches and two of the best offensive teams left in this tournament, if it's going to be either a high-scoring game or a defensive struggle, what would you put your money on? Uh. I'm gonna say a defensive struggle. I, I don't see them scoring over a hundred points, man. It, it's it's too late in the tournament. But teams teams are gonna even if you're offensive minded. I mean, you, we both know Coach Mac. He's gonna 
he's gonna tell you hey, we gotta get stopped. We gotta stop somebody. You know what I'm right. saying? But yeah, you know, you know, go, you know Gordy is gonna be back there yelling. <laughs> Gordy still there. <laughs> you know Gordy gonna be back there yelling. Shout out my man Gordy, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man, D- Diash, what's been uh, your the story of the tournament so far for you? What have you been impressed by? Which team have you been disappointed by overall the tournament? Uh, what have you been paying attention to? Um, I've been impressed by these. There's been a lot of upsets. Like I was, I was impressed by Ohio. I was impressed by um, what's the other team? Um, Paul Roberts. Oh, Abilene Christian. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you watched that North Texas game. I, I was impressed yeah. by them. The little kid that kept getting that shooting and floating. I was like, this dude's tough. Um, the, the little lefty with the push float. I was watching yeah. that game because shout out Coach Lutz. I was hoping that he'd be able to advance. He's the assistant at Purdue, too. So yeah, I was yeah. watching that game. I was I was waiting to like, <laughs> congratulations on advancing. That didn't happen. So, Coach Lutz, I owe you a text, unfortunately. Love you, bro. But it just it didn't work out for you that time. <laughs> and um, the t- a team I was kind of disappointed. I was disappointed by um, – OSU, because I really like the the um, Cunningham, the Cun- Cunningham kid. He's really, I really like him. He's really good. So I was kind of disappointed him just just because I wanted to see them get a little further. And you know, guys like that, you kind of want to see them go off in a tournament. So yeah. uh, you already mentioned uh, Suggs. You feel as a potential, you know, lottery guy. Uh, you talked about Oxy K Cunningham, which I think is consensus, you know, unanimous number one overall pick. If you ask some of the NBA guys right now, uh, who else do you think is going to be up there? You know, if you remember the kids' names, or or who do you think is going to be up there as far as the lottery is concerned uh, for this upcoming draft class? To be honest with you, those the only two I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, no, like the Cunningham kid. That, yeah. That, I really liked him, man. I, I see, like, he has an NBA game. Isn't he, like, 6'8"? Apparently. Yeah. But th- him and the Suggs, those are the ones that I really – like I said, I haven't really watched a lot of college basketball this year. I know you don't, I know you don't have kids, but I got two of them, man, and they <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> they are a handful. But right. um, I can't even think – if you probably start saying some people, I probably could think of them, but I ain't been – I've been watching it since the tournament. That's really what I've been tuned in. Yeah, I mean, the tournament's been hella entertaining, so it's just every night there's been something to watch, something to talk about, Um, and, you know, let's hope that the entertainment value is still high, and it's obviously hope that our Jays are able to advance, so again, Gonzaga versus the Jays, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, like I said, I'll show you my bracket after, you're going to start laughing, You (laughs) like, the bracket that I have where the Jays wins it all is actually the bracket where I have the most, uh, you know, victories so far, because it's been such a funky year, Like, so, I mean, that, that's the one that I'm holding on to for dear life. The one that I had Illinois winning, ah, <laughs> you, know, you can scratch that. <laughs> they just messed everybody. <laughs> right, for real, though. But, hey, Loyola Chicago represented for the Missouri Valley. I know you and I both played in that. Shout out to D-Rock for getting his first uh, um, NCAA tournament win in the first four with Drake playing Wichita State of all teams. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it, it's been an entertaining uh, tournament so far, especially if you're a Jays fan. Definitely. All right, all right, Diaz, let's get back to the genesis of it all, man. Like I said in the intro, Sasso. <laughs> bro, 
growing up in the age, growing up in Houston, Texas. Talk to me about like your high school career. Uh, you were first team all conference your senior year. Uh, obviously, you were a leader back then. Talk to me about like what it was like going to South Falls every day and hooping for that spot. Oh man, you know I talk about I talk about South Falls so much around y'all. Y'all, <laughs> <laughs> y'all know South Falls, but um, yeah, yeah, I went there. I played. I was on varsity two years. The two years I was, I was there for three years. So the two years I was there, I played varsity. I was one of the top guys in the city. Um, led the team in pretty much everything my senior year. Um, I ended up, you know, before my senior year, I actually ended up signing to Texas Tech um, when Bobby Knight was there. Bob Knight, yep. yeah. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was actually going to go play for him. Um, then after high school, I ended up going to prep school. Um, went to prep school in, in New Hampshire, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little bit of a, of a culture shock going all the way up to New Hampshire, being from Texas. You know, weather changed; it was it was crazy. Did that for a year. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever told y'all this when I was in prep. Man, prep school, the competition level from prep school when I went to JUCO. Like when I went to JUCO, I was like, "This is this is easy," because you know, right. <laughs> prep school was it was everybody on that everybody on my team was Division One talent. Everybody we played was Division One talent. It, it was it was crazy. So that actually helped me a lot. You know, I grew up kind of quick going up there by myself, and for that one year, um, yeah. then I ended up I came back to Texas for um, for junior college. Did that went to Jacksonville Junior College in East Texas. When I tell you it was absolutely nothing in, in, in East Texas, it was nothing. Um, so that really forced me to be in the gym and, and work on my craft. And, you know, um, two years, Jacksonville. I was actually signed to Texas Tech three times. So I, I signed out of high school. Okay. I signed when I was at prep school. Then I signed again my, my freshman year at junior college. And then after that, after that freshman year, I think, uh, Coach Knight, he ended up retiring. He retired. His son, Pat Knight, took over. And then we basically, we basically kind of just went our separate ways, and that's what led me to to Creighton. You know, I ended up. Go ahead. I'm trying to I'm trying to picture you like the Daryl Asher that I've always known, this laid back, chill dude, like literally like baby Carmelo in a sense, where you're literally just laid back all the time to like Coach Knight, who's notorious for losing his mind, throwing chairs across the gym, berating his student athletes. How do you think you, why, (laughs) what was so attractive for you? Like you just mentioned, like you did it out of high school and prep school, you're thinking about it too. Your first year after junior college, you were still like, yeah, this is where I want to go until he retires. What was it about that environment that, I mean, I'm I'm trying to picture you there. (laughs) <laughs> what was it about that that made you want to go there <laughs> man you know I actually when I met him man he just had a, a presence about him like I, I wanted to play for him and I, I I was like shoot this this is one of the greatest coaches that ever coached this game so it, it, it maybe a little <laughs> a little crazy yeah. but I'm you know I'm if other people I feel like other people did I can do it man it's, it's gonna do nothing but you know help me be a better player I feel like I can roll with it. And the crazy thing is my my senior year, when, like after I signed, Texas, I was watching a game and one one of the kids like put his head down and he punched him. Like, and I'm looking, I'm watching this. <laughs> hey, Jay, 
I'm watching this like, oh. <laughs> and I'm watching this like, this is what I'm getting? This is what I'm about to go through? Like, he literally punched Bro. the dude, like, really punched him. And, I mean, this, this, this is like maybe 2006, 2007. You know, now yeah. that something like that happened, it would have been, you know, but I'm looking at Mayhem, this. yeah. Why coach fired immediately on the spot, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I just talked about it for a little bit, and that was it. I mean, it was Bobby Knight. Oh. What you gonna What you gonna say? You know, but, but yeah, I ended up. No, that's the thing. Like, if you guys know Daryl, like you know that like chillest dude I probably ever met. Like, legitimately, like I'm trying to picture you as that kid getting uppercut because you turn the ball over or something like that. You put your head down for a second. <laughs> I'm trying to picture your facial reaction pop up after that chin check from Coach Knight. I don't know. That's that was crazy. <laughs> I know not to do that when I get there, <laughs> bro. For real though, you talked about like going to junior junior college in uh, East Texas, where you said there's really nothing there. I know if you've been paying attention to the uh, Last Chance You documentary on Netflix, they just did a basketball one. I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I was just amazed by it. What are some of the differences, like you said, like that's a situation where you're in like pretty much like in a village with nothing to do. So you really had to concentrate on hoop and stuff like that. What are some of the differences that you saw like in that documentary and in your own junior college experience? And, you know, uh, what did you find to be relatable and what did you find to be like, man, this is outrageous. Nothing like that ever happened. Um, as far as like, I, first of all, I love the document. I watched it in like two days. Man, it was real good. Yeah, me um, too, bro. That it was good. It was addicting. Yeah, which I, I yeah. watched the other ones, but you know, when it's basketball, it, it hit home a little more. Yeah. But um being being a JUCO kid myself, it was now there as far as their like living situations and stuff like that, it wasn't that bad for, for us. Like we everybody mm-hmm. in our team had scholarships and we pray we basically stayed like on campus. Um, so I think they had a little, they had a little tough, little tougher than us in that situation. But, um, just as far as like how they make it seem like it's just a, a all out grind for everybody trying to get to division one. Now that's, that's facts. That's, that's all the way true, man. Cause it's, that's it's, it's an off fight. Everybody trying to, you know, get, get to that next level. Um, it's just the. You know, you, it, it, they had some talented guys on that team. That what, what's the big kid name? The one that the, that kept walking uh, and practicing. Yeah, that he went to Penn State originally from Oakdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he ended up at uh, Long Beach State, which was pretty cool to yeah. see. Yeah, if that would have been my coach, <laughs> he would have been. Coach. Hey Jay, he would have been out of there. Like, hey, man, you, you, you talented and all, but yeah. you got to go because you messing up. We got going on. Right, but but it, I mean, it was good to see him actually make it and and you know get back to that Division One level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Every time I was watching, I'm like, "Yo, they're gonna let him walk out again?" <laughs> like yeah, that's that's the second time I've seen him in three episodes walking out. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way, bro. That that was a question I knew I had to ask you because like I'm just trying to think. Obviously, I haven't been in that environment, but. I've spoken to you. I've spoken to Justin Carter about it. I talked to Wayne Reynolds even when we were back in school about just that juco grind, and it's real. It's absolutely real. Uh, like you guys are all trying to. Uh, some people are bounce backs, meaning they go to Division One first, and then they end up back in junior college trying to make their way back to Division One. Some guys have to come straight out of high school for whatever reason. So like you could tell that like 
every practice meant something every meeting meant something the coach is talking to you it really means something because you only want to do your time there and you want to see if you can end up uh, back at the division one level yeah man it's, it's definitely a grind definitely yeah uh when you obviously committed to crane but like what other schools out of uh, juco were you interested in maybe that you took a visit to uh but then ultimately decided to come to see you um you know when I, uh, you know, so when I was at JUCO my freshman year, I, like I said, I signed again. I pretty much, any coaches that came in the gym, they they pretty much knew I was going to Texas Tech. Like, couldn't touch me, couldn't talk to me. So after my freshman year, my coach, you know, let me know. He was going to open up my recruitment back up. And I had, like, I don't know, just the fucking thing. I had Marquette come in. I had, I had, um, I had OU late and i had um actually i i have i'm supposed to go on a visit to wichita state the week after i went to creighton and the guy the coach uh greg marshall that was at wichita state at the time he actually told me like hey man i know you're going to creighton um just make sure you don't commit while, <laughs> while you're there <laughs> he, exactly already what I did. <laughs> he already knew what it was Hey, I, 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 no, no lie. I walked into the the the, uh, the it was the question, and then I walked in the question. I was like, "Yeah, I'm coming here." Right. <laughs> you know how it is when you first walk in there. But, but I have the exact same story, man. I, I asked D Rock straight up where the papers at, and I wasn't even talking like that yet. I was from Canada. I was supposed I was supposed to say, "Sir, where are the papers where I may sign?" But I said, "Yo, man, where the papers at?" <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Straight up, though, for real. Quest Center, a.k.a. CenturyLink. Man, what a spot, though, for real. Like, 18,000, you really can't beat it. So it sounds like your story is a little bit similar to Austin's, because I think Austin's kind of had the same deal, where he had the Creighton visit first and the Wichita State after. And then, like, they pretty much told him, yo, if you go down there, enjoy yourself and don't commit. And then you both kind of did the same thing. These Texas boys, I tell you what, they walk into <laughs> Omaha. They just want to sign them papers, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> so you're one of the rare guys who actually got a chance to play not only for coach Altman, a legendary coach on campus too, but coach Mack, who's working his way up now to become to cement his legendary status uh, as a crane head coach. Talk to me about the differences between the two. And, you know, like for yourself personally, you know, what worked with Altman that didn't work with coach Mack or vice versa? What worked with coach Mack that, you know, didn't work with Altman? Um, that's a good question. So, you know, Almond was the one that actually recruited me, brought me in. Um, you know, he was, Almond was, you know, he was a, he was an older guy, you know, he was kind of, I wouldn't say stuck in his ways, but, you know, he eh, kind of old school, you know, his, basically it's his way, you know, it, it's, and it's been working for him for so long, you know, so who are you to say, you know, it, I think this would be better, you know, it, it is what it is. But, I mean, great coach. He knows the game. With, with Coach McDermott, you know, he was he was more of a, a player's coach, man. He would – he would actually – he could actually, like, see, like, your your tendencies, what you like to do, what – what you know, he everything just wasn't, hey, we're going to run this like that. I need guys to plug in, plug a guy here, plug a guy. You know, Coach, coach Mack actually – He's he's gonna he's gonna listen to what you have to say. He he knows what type of game you have. So I I, I actually like 
I, I like playing for both of them, to be honest with you. But like I said, Coach Mack was more of a player's coach, and you can really come to him and talk to him about stuff. And, you know, he X's and O's wise. Offensively, he was he's an offensive mastermind. You know that. Bro, it's so crazy that, like, you just said, like, you play for Coach Ahmed one year, you play for Coach Mack the following year, your senior year. But you end up facing Coach Altman in the CBI finals. You know, like, how wild was it as we're going through that CBI run? That was my freshman year, your senior year, that you're looking at the other side of the bracket and you see Oregon keeps advancing too. And, like, we win, they win. We win, they win. Before you know it, it's a best of three series, once in Omaha, twice in Oregon. We end up losing to them. But, like, how wild was it that, like, the person who brought you into Division One basketball basically also took you out uh, in the same, you know, literally yeah. like a year after recruiting you. We, um, I'm not gonna lie, we want, you know, we wanted to match up with them. Like we was hoping, man, we play Oregon, especially all the seniors. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I was a little, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bitter whenever, <laughs> whenever Altman left. It's just like, <laughs> like, man, you you brought me here, you came, sat on my couch, and then, but I get it. It's the business at the end of the day. I mean, who wouldn't pass mm-hmm. up on? Oregon job, you know what I'm saying? Right. But um, it was crazy, man. Actually, seeing you know him on that other side, and I know it was crazy for him coming back to Omaha, being in the other locker room, sitting on the other bench, mm-hmm. basically being in that that arena that he built. You know what I'm saying? So I know it it it, it was crazy, man. Just you you I mean you was there for that whole experience, just playing at Oregon. Mind you, we should have won that game. Antoine stepped on that line. Yeah. I still think about that. Like, that was nonsense. Like, they didn't even have oh. a uh, half-court line drawn yet at that point in that new arena. Hey, hey, look. I, I'm i going to go back. I'm going to take it back. Yeah, you yeah, go ahead. Spurt, you remember the um, – remember we played Iowa State maybe like the second game of the year? Yep. The uh, It was like the fourth game, but it was the half-court shot that shouldn't have counted. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, I, <laughs> I watched that. I don't know why. I was at work talking to somebody about it, and I watched that game. I watched the the last part of it, uh-huh. and I was like, I was like, man, what? I I, I told, him, I was like, if we if we would have won that game, our, our your freshman year, our senior year would have been totally different. Mm-hmm. That's one of those right. games where where we win that game, it just turns around the whole season. We start, you know, you start stringing wins together. This, but yeah, I, I don't know why I thought about that. But I was like, that's that's another game that, you know, we we probably well we it goes into overtime and. Darrell, no, no, no. believe me, every loss that we took, I have it saved in an area in my brain. And every once in a while, like, just, I, I could be at the grocery store or whatever, like, picking out what I'm going to eat next. And all of a sudden, I'll just have, like, a, a flashback, like a jolt in my body and be like, damn, Wichita State did come at home and beat our ass, like, my sophomore year. Like, I'll just have, like, a, a thought like that, like, out of nowhere. And, like, it happens all the time. So trust me, like, it's those flashbacks, bro, like, it, it never goes away. <laughs> Damn, I'm like, hey. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Like, bro, do you know that you gave me like my biggest welcome to division one like moment? Like I, I came online because of you as far as like, oh, like this is what it looks like. This is what division one basketball is all about. So it was incoming freshman year for me. Obviously, it's the summertime. It was going into your senior year. So at that point, back in the day, uh, coaches weren't allowed to practice with us yet. They changed that rule a few years later after you had graduated. Um, so it's just us. It's the players. We're allowed to lift with the strength and conditioning coach and do all the conditioning stuff. But then we have to go up to old gym uh, on our own and organize our own pickup basketball, right? right? So 
that it was the very first day of that. So the freshman class that year was myself, Will Artino, Doug McDermott, and shout out to Cody Ingle. He's the forgotten member of that freshman class. Cody, we hey. love you, bro. Shout Our out guy God. forever. Shout <laughs> out Cody. But uh, so I'm bringing Cody up because him and I, Cody was a strong kid naturally. So he was lifting like way more than like me, Doug and Will. Me, Doug and Will, we're on our own rack. Cody had already graduated with the Cedars. Yeah. Like he was already lifting with all that first day. <laughs> But he lifted so much, and I had that same experience too. Like we couldn't lift, like we couldn't shoot the ball. I couldn't bring the ball past my shoulders, let alone actually like attempt any sort of shot. So that was my first like, Jesus, like this is different. During one of the pickup games, you catch the ball like uh, a little bit like mid, like mid block area. You turn and face on Caleb Corver. You drive baseline, and you just tomahawk dunk it on the next guy. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> Young legs. Young legs. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a freshman, so, like, I had next. I wasn't even on the court yet. I was just watching, like, the first game happen. And that's when I realized, yo, this is totally different. <laughs> like, level to this, man. <laughs> what do you remember about, like, just that summer grind, you know, when the coaches weren't allowed to be up there yet? Um, but it just had to be us basically holding each other accountable to, to get better every day. Man, it was it- – it was a grind, man. Like I, but I actually I loved it, man. It was, you know, like you said, no coaches there. It's just the, it's just the fellas. That's where you build your your brotherhood. That's where you become a family. I mean, you get in, you get in fights, arguments. I mean, that's right. that's where that, that that work comes from. You know, when I came in my junior year, um, it was guys like Cavell, P. Allen. You had uh, Chad Mill. Man, you we had some Casey Harriman. Yeah. Casey. <laughs> and man, we had some 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 nice pick Justin Carter. We had some pickup games like almost come to blows, man, because them guys would compete so hard and and don't nobody want to lose, you know? Somebody score on me, I'm coming, I'm coming right back. You know, so it like it is it's a grind and it, it iron sharp as iron, man. It's I love it, you know. <laughs> I, I love that time because it's like, uh, obviously, like when the coaches are around, uh, you have to play a certain way, right? You kind of have to fit the mold of what the coaches want you to do to some extent. Obviously, like the superstar players get to do whatever they want anyways. But like when the coaches aren't around is when you really start to get to know the guys like individual strengths because like there's no strengths attached. Everybody thinks they're Kobe while they're up in the gym at, at that point in time. So like, right, exactly. <laughs> I remember like the first time I defended Josh Jones, I was like, holy, like I'm not ready for this. He was hitting me with everything that he had. And I was just no, like, Josh, what, what do I do? Bag. Exactly. <laughs> Meet off rip too, off tip off. I was like, damn, bro, let me ease my way into this. Uh, another moment that, like, I was like, man, welcome to Division One. to me was, <laughs> so I drove past Antoine, I thought I got fouled, and I called a foul, and this was the first time my foul call at a pickup game got vetoed, <laughs> and you, <laughs> you stepped in, you're like, oh, no, yeah, it was you, <laughs> you're like, no, no, I took it out of bounds, no, it's going the other way. You're like, not in the valley, not in the foul in the valley. And I remember thinking that, like, oh, I got to really, like, you know, like, it changed my whole mentality because, again, like, I wasn't used to that uh, environment. And I was a freshman coming up from Canada. Like, there's just so many things I had to get used to. Obviously, the physical nature of play was one of those things. I got, like, a little ticky-tack foul. I thought I could get away with it. You were like, nah, bro, this is going the other way. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) Hey, but, you know, stuff like that, that's what you – 
I mean, you, I'm sure you take that on to the you took that on to the other freshmen coming in. Like, hey man, we're not gonna get them calls in the we on the road at Wichita State. They're not calling that. Right. Yeah, they don't even you know, they, they don't even hear that. <laughs> you know, it's it's, fun, it's funny that you bring that up because <laughs> I switched the words around as soon as we moved to the big east. I hadn't even played a game in the big east yet. But I was telling our incoming freshman, nah boy, not in the big east. I saw the problem. <laughs> Ain't even played a game yet. <laughs> I was just as green as they were, but they didn't know it. I could call it out at that point. I was a senior. I was going to use that privilege. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, so you already kind of mentioned earlier about you being my host on my visit. <laughs> so, like, to recap the story, basically, Daryl's my host. We have a great time. Uh, instead of, you know, take me out to the bars or whatever, we end up just going chilling uh, at the time. Justin Carter's girlfriend, now wife, we end up going to her house. Uh, and like after seeing everything and the hospitality that I got, I literally committed right there on that on that kitchen table. Another thing that I do remember about my visit, though, is our first ever 2K battle. Do you remember I that? To, I was about to say. I know you're going to bring up 2K, man. I, I have to bring up 2K because, look, listen, this was this is all, like, during my visit, that was, like, a whole, like, the building of everything. I walked around campus. I was like, okay, this is really nice. Like, I could get used to this. I went to go eat with the coach. I was like, hey, they're pretty cool. I could get used to this. I saw Quest, and I was like, oh, I could definitely come here. And then we go out to your dorm room. We play 2K, and you beat me. Do you remember what you said to me? What? <laughs> nah, what <laughs> what I say? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, hell no, bro, rematch, run it back, run it back. You go, nah, if you want to run it back, you gotta commit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> commit, we can run it back. <laughs> bro, so that was that was also a big reason why uh, not a big reason, but like it was one of the reasons why I decided to commit. So fast forward the next year, <laughs> Daryl Ashford, do you remember? the infamous 2K game, I believe it was in my dorm room this time, where you were up one with like 0.4 seconds left and I read a backdoor law for Monte Ellis that made you throw the controller. <laughs> hey, the crazy thing is I, I didn't, <laughs> I just now remembered that. Like I did not remember, you really threw a lob to Monte on some like, <laughs> Hey, I was pissed off. I probably broke my oh. controller and everything. You you threw the controller across the room. And the funniest part was like we were getting ready to go to like a Easter, like we were joining a family for like an Easter event. And you just you were just so livid at that point that you just chucked the controller across the room. Hey, I remember that. We Whoa. used to have some battles, man. Some battles, man. I don't know how many best of seven series we did, but man, we that was some of the best times that I had that freshman year for sure. All right. So after your senior year, uh, you know, you're a JUCO uh, guy. So some of those credits didn't translate. It forced you to, you know, stay back one more year to make sure that you got that diploma from Crane University. What kind of went into that decision? Obviously, like you had the choice to just go back and finish your degree anywhere, but you decided to stay on campus and it meant something to you to, you know, get that degree from Creighton University. So like, talk to me about like the decision, understanding that, you know, you're done your playing career, but you still want to do that extra year on campus. Um, to me, it was, 
I was thinking like, man, I'm trying to, this is honest. I was like, man, I'm trying to go hoop overseas, man. I'm trying to go play. I'm trying to get to this money. I'm still trying to hoop. But really what, what kept me, you know, like, man, you might as well just stay. You already there. It was my dad, number one. And then sitting down and caught, talking to um, Coach McDermott. Um, and like, like I said, they both kind of said the same thing. Like, hey, man, you already here. You, you right there. You know, a lot of times guys will say they come back and they don't, you know. So mm-hmm. that was my thing. I'm like, man, I might you right. I'm here. It's another year. And then I I messed with y'all so tough. So it, it was like <laughs> I'm, I'm with my boys. I'm I'm, I'm right. at the, at every game. I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's the same thing. I'm just not playing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that was the main thing, man. Just my mom, my, my, my mom to my mom and my dad. Coach Mac basically telling me, like, hey, man, it might as well. And now that I sit back and look at it, I, I'm glad I did it, man. It's one of the best decisions I've made, really. Right. It's so crazy because, like, I, I was already looking up to you my freshman year because you were my senior. But when you say back that extra year, like, you legitimately, like, were able to look at the game from a different perspective and, like, really helped me out. You know, the times that I was struggling, you pulled me to the side, like, hey, listen up, young fella. Nice you to get me, on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you tell me exactly, like, the stuff that you saw. And it's such a unique perspective. I talk about it all the time. You can hear from the coaches a thousand times. Like, I had guys like you. I had guys like Grant Gibbs who were able to pull me to the side and just kind of show me things from a different lens that uh, obviously, like, helped me out a lot in my playing career. So, bro, uh, always appreciative of you for that, man, because you really, you really helped a young kid out, especially, like, in the moments of uh, – despair let's put it that way. <laughs> hey man you know you know uh you know us seniors you know me wayne caleb casey and kenny you know we was that first group with coach matt and you know i tell people this all the time you know when whenever me and wayne who else was in that class i think ethan yeah whenever we came in there my junior year wayne junior and ethan's uh freshman year it was that that team that we came on. That team was kind of like divided, man. They they wasn't really just close like how how y'all like say how y'all were y'all senior year, you and Doug senior year. They weren't yeah. just close like that. And I I I feel like you know us being seniors, even though you, you can look back and see like me, you know me me went like we didn't really we didn't. I'm not gonna say we contribute, but we we definitely contribute. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't play just heavy minutes like that just you know but man we we was together as a team like you know it, it was times and it was times in practice where we would all be pissed off at the coaches like man 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 we you know we we right. us, you know what i'm saying the brother we gonna we we together man you know and y'all carried that on to sophomore junior senior year you know what i'm saying and that and when i look at this creighton team now I feel like this team kind of has that same makeup to where they act, they actually like they like each other, you know what I'm saying? Right. And and um, everything they going through with all that stuff with Coach Mack and and all this the the Black Lives Matter like they they've been COVID all this stuff they they've really been going through a lot, and that's right. why I feel like they gonna make it. That's exactly. why. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying because like that connection off the court, like it only helps on the court because you realize like, like for you and I, when you used to get on me, I understood it's not personal. Like this is my brother. He's telling me exactly what he thinks I need to do to help the team win. And I think this current team has a lot of that too. 
I'm glad that you mentioned all the stuff that happened with like obviously the past summer that we just had with COVID hitting with uh, the stuff that Coach Mack said, having to go through all of that, losing in a Big East championship the way that they did, uh, the Big East tournament championship the way that they did and bouncing back and beating two tough teams to make it to the Sweet 16 for the first time in current history. All of that really stems from that cohesiveness that they have off the floor. Um, I, I also wanted to say like, it, it's so crazy to me that you mentioned like Kenny and Casey and Caleb and Wayne and yourself, like you guys don't know how much you meant to like me and Doug, especially that year, because like you, you, you almost said that you didn't contribute. You obviously contributed. Like you meant a lot to, you know, the team on and off the court, but like to take that role, like accept the fact that, look, I know it's my last year. I know I want to go out with a bang, but co the coaching staff sees it in this lens that we have to take it in this direction. Therefore, I need to accept this role. I know it wasn't easy for you to come off the bench. Talk to me about like that conversation that you had with Coach Mack and then like you having to man up and be like, all right, like if this is the way that you see things are going, not only am I going to accept that, but I'm also going to just keep pushing these guys uh, to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Yeah. Um, with that, it's crazy because me and Coach Mack, we actually sat down and had a conversation like whenever, you know, I was starting and, you know, we actually sat down and had that conversation about, hey, I think, you know, if we, I think he started, that matter of fact, that was when Greg became eligible to play. So he started D, yeah. he started, he started Kenny and Doug. And he was like, you know, he basically called me in like, hey, man, you know, we're going to bring you off the bench, this and that. And man, I'm, I'm all about the team. I'm, I'm trying to win because I'm looking at the bigger picture like, hey, we, we win, everybody eat, you know? So, right. you know, I, I, I told him I was cool with it, this and that. And I, like I said, I, I'm looking at it like, hey, I know Coach Matt, he didn't, he didn't bring none of us seniors in. So basically you gotta, you, you inherited us, you gotta work with what you got. It ain't like he just kicked us to the <laughs> like, like y'all ain't playing no more, you know? Right. <laughs> Excuse me, but like I said, man, it, I feel like it's something he had to do kind of to, to groom his younger guys, groom you, groom Doug, Ethan, like, you know, basically to groom y'all guys into where he needs y'all to be going forward. And shit, it looked, it, it was a good move. Y'all made the tournament, what, the next three years? Yeah, the next three I years, mean, baby, straight. <laughs> I mean, it, it's no hard feeling. I, I mean, I feel like it is what it is, man. When you're part of the team, you, you got to, that's the role that we was given. I was given, that was a role I was given. So I, I stepped in and took it. <clears throat> so there's two things that like uh, you being kind of like my mentor, my senior that you really got me into. First is hat game. Your hat game was always crazy. <laughs> hat game was always crazy. If you ever saw Daryl on campus and it wasn't a day that he wasn't rocking a fitted, you they know, curving it, curving it just slightly, just that little slight curve on it, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And then just the shoe game in general, like you just really, like watching you and seeing like how much you took care of your shoes, like how like you nitpick which shoes you're going to play with and for what reasons and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, I, you already yeah. know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> You already know what it is. That's exactly how I am now. When did that like become a thing for you where like you, you are a high key sneakerhead and obviously like enough into fashion and style that you're just like, you know what? The hat is going to be my signature thing. And that's what I'm just going to be rocking from here on out. 
Hey, uh, to be honest, you know who I got the hat? I didn't wear, wear hats like that. I wear them every now and then, but I didn't wear hats like that until I got to Creighton. And mm -hmm. Cavell got me on wearing hats like that. <laughs> but fun fact, Cavell Witter, the one that put me that put me on the hat game like that. So, you know, shout right. out to him for that. And then after, <laughs> after that, I just I, I took it overboard, man. And you know, I had <laughs> I had so many hats, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, uh how crazy was it when you had to move back home with all those hats? What was mama saying? And my, my, my mom was like, the hell, why you got all these hats and shoes and what, what the, what the hell going on? But man, as far as the shoes, as far as the shoes, I've all, that's, that's been a thing from, from a young age, you know, you gotta, your shoes gotta be the toughest thing on, on your outfit. You gotta, the shoes right. gotta be, you know what I'm saying? And they gotta be the J's, you know, J's on my toe. Hey, boogies <laughs> in my nose, you already know what it is. I know like for our teammates who are gonna be listening to this, as soon as you just said J's on my toes, if boogies <laughs> in my nose and it comes to my next, like they're tripping, they're missing out. You already know what it is, but they're all because oh, of freestyle man. king, man. <laughs> oh man, Daryl, you're killing me. <laughs> J's on my toes, you already know what it is. Oh. All right, so Daryl, while we have you on here, definitely have to ask you, what was your favorite arena to play in on the road? On the road. Mm -hmm. Definitely the Wichita State. Oh, okay. <laughs> definitely with just just because, man, you gotta you gotta really be focused and locked in to go there and get I don't even know if I gotta win there. <laughs> you gotta really be focused to go in there and get a win. Um, you can be, you can like scratch your coaches out, scratch everybody on the bench. It's you and them four other people in between them lines. And you gotta, you know what I'm saying? You gotta really lock in and focus, man. Cause it's loud. Like, if, if anybody's never played there, especially against us. <laughs> it's, especially it's, against us. Yeah. It's loud, man. You already know. So yeah, that, that was, that was, a um, yeah, I'll say there. That, that's crazy because I know you and I had plenty of conversations and I thought your answer was going to be New Mexico because you always used to talk to me about that environment and how jumping it was and how you felt like, you know, the the bleachers were going to come crashing down on the court because people were jumping on them and stuff like that. The, the, the re well, the reason I said what I say because I played I played there multiple times. So New Mexico only played there once. Now, the, if you would have said the loudest that was probably the loudest place that I've, that I've played. It, it was, it was stupid. Like, like I said, like I told you, it was like the floor was like shaking, man. And you look at your coach and you just, you just see his mouth moving, but nothing's coming out. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember we was in a huddle and, you know, coach, um, coach Allman was like right in front of me and he's yelling. I, I couldn't hear nothing he was saying, man. I'm like, I'm looking like I can't hear you. So yeah, it, it, it's crazy because like uh like San Diego State for me was that same thing. If you said like the loudest place, it was San Diego State, two Mountain West teams. So the, so that conference is doing some right with the way that they're building those arenas because like that was that following year, my sophomore year, where we played there. And you're absolutely right. Coach Mack was like as as close as this mic is to my face, and I couldn't even hear a single word that he was saying. <laughs> uh your least favorite arena to play in, Daryl. Drake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Drake. And the crazy thing, I only I only played there one time. 
I only played mm-hmm. there one time because I uh I missed I missed both of the Drake games because of a family funeral. Crazy, crazy shit. But Drake, the one time I played there, it's like the do, do they play like in their their um what am I trying to say? That like the not they don't have like, like their uh, gym. Yeah. It's like an auxiliary gym where they bring in the bleachers and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's this is kind of weird. I, I don't know. If, it's like you can't get up for the, I don't know. It's just like it's weird, man. I didn't like it at all. Uh, I thought you were going to say Evansville. Because I remember you were complaining of not only about the arena, which <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but also their floor. Like they couldn't get like the, we were sl- slipping and sliding all over their, their court and all that stuff. And uh, I, I think we played there one more time before they moved into the new arena yeah. that they're playing now. But yeah, Evansville for me was like, ugh, I, I couldn't talk about not being able to get up for a game like that. That was it right there. But yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of surprising because we've had those conversations before. I thought you got to stick to your guns, but it looks like with a little, you know, age and wisdom has set it for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of like I didn't like playing at Indiana State. This this a lot of gyms I really didn't like playing at. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, little little yeah. trap games. Oh, bro, Daryl, man. I could be I could be talking to you all night, but we have to wrap it up at some point. I think you know the people who are listening to this 16th guest on the Welcome to the J podcast. I think they're growing tired of hearing you and I just laugh every other second. So uh, we're definitely gonna wrap it up. But I appreciate you, bro, taking time out to talk uh, to me today to step into the J with me one more time. You already know what it is. Diaz is a Welcome to the J legend already. Uh, to all of you listening, don't forget to like and subscribe and follow to the Field of 68 Media Network. Um, and also don't forget to download the Locker Room app where we do pre- and post-game shows. Uh, I'm Jahans Maniga, a.k.a. Canadian Red Bull. This was Daryl Ashford, a.k.a. H-Town's finest representing. Man, D, I love you, bro. We have to catch up at some point, man. This, this has been too much fun. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, bro. Uh, welcome back to the J. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, everybody out there, stay safe. And as always, go J. Sweet 16, baby. Yeah, we going. <laughs>